The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Let some things be retrograde. Hi guys, welcome to That's the Retrograde. I'm one of your hosts, Stephanie Simbari, and I'm so excited for today's episode. We have Dr. Jackie on. We go into all the adventures of female health, reality TV. Did you know there's PRP for your vagine? Well, you do now. There's a lot in store for you in the next few minutes. So strap in, ladies. Uh, 2021 is all about the health of your queen, as Dr. Jackie puts it. I don't know if you guys have seen, but we have new merch. We have a crew neck sweatshirt, a hoodie, and a hat, a beanie. And listen, I am not just saying this because this is merch that I made and I want you to rock, but these sweatshirts are so goddamn comfortable and cozy, and I want to wear them around every turn. The crew makes me feel cool. And the hoodie makes me feel cozy. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with the material and the diversity of outfits that you can find with cozies. Because I'll be honest with you, last night I went to do a show. That's right. I did stand up last night, coming to a city near you in 2022. But I didn't know how to dress. I wore a hoodie with heeled slides. And I was like, I guess this is just how we dress now. It's like a post-pandemic coming out of the shadows, quarantine, uh, woodland creature, cozy meets the streets situation. It's confusing, but I'll say uh, a great addition to that new look where you, you know, stretch into your jeans after a full year is a hoodie. Seasonally appropriate. You know, you can wear it under a jacket in the colder months and you can wear it by itself in the night in the warmer months, wear it to sleep, give it to your significant other. You guys get it. These sweatshirts are dope. (laughs) You should get one. (laughs) And I'm loving seeing everyone in their orange beanies. It's so fun. I feel like we're starting some sort of, you know, live your best life gang. Super into it. I get honestly tickled inside when I see you guys tagging the beanies because I was just wearing an orange beanie around forever. And so was Elizabeth. And then whenever I would see someone with an orange beanie, I'd be like, hey, we're in the same crew. And now we literally are. So Warms my heart. You can find that link in our Instagram bio. Okay, well, I think that this intro is long enough. So let's just get to the episode with Dr. Jackie. Guys, we are so thrilled to be welcoming Dr. Jackie Walters to the show today. She's a beloved OBGYN, best-selling author of the book, Everything You Need to Know About Sex, Intimacy, and Down There Healthcare. And I certainly know her from Married to Medicine on Bravo, which is currently in its eighth season. And now she has uh, joined us as a fellow podcaster. Her show is Dr. Jackie's Point of V, which tackles all those burning questions about feminine health. Dr. Jackie, welcome. We're so happy to have you today. Well, hey, ladies, how are you? We are doing, We're doing great. good. Doing great. Good. And I like when you say those burning questions. You know, it's like, <laughs> ooh, the vagina's on fire. Like, is it literally burning? Hope they're not burning too much because yeah, that's yeah. a bad sign. That's a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> I love how candid you are and how you really hold space for, as you said, tackling those questions we might be maybe a little trepidatious to voice out loud and, and holding space for that in such a great way. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what 
I wanted the book to represent. I want women to be free. I think we've just reached a place in this, this world now where we as women need to be free to talk about it, you know, to think about it, to be excited about it. And I wanted to educate. I want women to feel uplifted. I don't want women to be embarrassed about anything the vagina is doing because your vagina has not made history. Somebody's done it somewhere before. So that's what I wanted to do because I know as an OB, most women will whisper. And then I write in the book about those doorknob questions because they'll wait until your hand hits the doorknob before they really say, okay, what am I here for? And so I just want us to be free because men are never shy to talk about, you know, the notches on the logs and what they did and how they did it. And I want women to be free. It's okay. Good people make bad decisions. And we've all made some bad decisions without vaginas. And so I I just want women to be free. That's awesome. And also just generally, like, it's a lot happening. (laughs) Like, there's a lot going on with the system that we have. And of course, men feel more comfortable talking about it because it's more simple. And also the the society was just as such. So yeah, we got to talk about our vaginas, guys. You've heard me reading those love wellness ads. I'm completely unhinged <laughs> about vagina health. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just read somewhere that we as women, everything we do in medicine is 80% more than men. Mm-hmm. And all of our medicines cost more, all of our testing costs more. And it's just so much more expensive to be a woman. And we wonder yeah. why. But that's one reason women don't want to go to the doctor and don't want to deal with the situation. It costs so much money. And there's, like you said, there's like a shame and a stigma around things that, you know, are real just functionings of our body. Like I'm seeing some of these questions and it's like, because we ask for listener questions and it's like, I'm so happy people are comfortable asking how to keep your vagina young and wet. How do we do that? Let's talk (laughs) about that. Let's not worry about that old adage of getting old and dry. Fuck that shit. Right. Absolutely. So here's the one thing about it. The vagina is going to age. And I tell people you can't anti-age, but you certainly can manage aging. And Mm -hmm. now that we know more, we do more. First and foremost, the vagina changes, like I said, with age. So if you yo-yo your weight, if you go up in weight, crazy enough, ladies, I don't want to shock anybody. Everywhere, when we gain weight, you gain weight everywhere. So fat is not just like... (laughs) Here. Wait, well, so your labia gets fat? No, 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 no. I promise you. I saw a, a patient before. She was 386 pounds. And her mons pubis, the area right before the clitoris, right below your abdomen, was as big as my head. Whoa. And so you gain weight everywhere. If we open the abdomen, you have you have fat around your bowel. You have fat mm-hmm. all in the, the lining of the abdomen. So the vagina gains weight, you know. Wow. It gets plump. And so when you lose <laughs> weight, it's almost like you're stretching this rubber band out and then you lose weight. The rubber band is not going to just spring back. So you want to be careful when you're yo-yo, yo-yoing with your weight, because as we gain weight, the vagina gains weight. When we lose weight, it loses weight. So it loses its plumpness. Now, I just took a class on how to get some plumpness back, but we'll go to that. Then, yeah, we're doing we're putting fillers and PRP in places that you would never know, like the PRP platelet rich, platelet rich plasma. And I'm going on a rabbit trail. So pull me back and Ebony will help me do that. (laughs) But if you take a woman's blood, spin down the blood, get her platelets, platelet rich plasma, mix it with some fillers. And it's almost like starting an IV into the labia 
and inject this filler and PRP, your labia will plump right up. So it has growth factor and the filler, of course, absorbs water and you get these nice, thick, fun. Is filler okay down there? Filler is okay down there. Yes. But we put it in in the labia majora, the, the bigger lips. Uh, we uh-huh. put we put PRP in your clitoris, which in, which heightens your arousal, and that and okay, let's tell a secret. It works. It works. <laughs> so I mean, I've put we've both put PRP on our faces. Yeah, many vampire times. facial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can also fan. put PRP in the in the clitoris. You can also put it in the anterior vagina where the G spot lies. Helps with stress incontinence. So if you cough or sneeze and you're leaking a little urine, it helps to fix that. And then, you know, latest and greatest is you put it in the labia and you plump up the labia again, which is good again for arousal and appearance. Because we all care how she looks. The queen needs to look cute. Wait, this is like making me think of a question that can you burn off your pussy from using a vibrator too much? And will PRP bring back the sensation if you do? Because I feel like that's a real fear of a lot of people. You cannot burn it off unless you're using an electrical instrument. You can burn it off. But just having a lot of intercourse, no, you can't. You can't damage her that way. But PRP is for rejuvenation. And so you certainly can rejuvenate those tissues that have lost their ooh, 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 I'll call it, or even their elasticity. And we were going back to how can you keep it moist? You know, you want to exercise the vagina. One good way to exercise the vagina is sex. You know, you're contracting muscles. Hell yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you contract the muscles. You know, you just want to be careful who you're having sex with. Uh, but that's But you one. told me that 15 years ago. I know, right? <laughs> and then you, you know, kegels. Uh, we all have heard of kegels where you tighten and relax your pelvic floor muscles. They even make things now called kegel sizers and they're weighted cones. And I'm going to tell you all my secrets here tonight. They're not easy to hold in place. So you yeah. put this little <laughs> cone in and it goes boop and you're like, okay, so I need to strengthen my pelvic floor muscles. So you certainly want to make sure you're doing that, but stay sexually active. Uh, now, I'm going to have to qualify and say everybody stay safe, but mm-hmm, sex right. is exercise. You're contracting and it's just like doing a, you know, getting your biceps in place. So strengthen those pelvic floor muscles uh, and then sitting all the time is probably not the greatest thing. You've seen these chairs that are like exercise balls because you're constantly yeah. moving those pelvic floor muscles. So you have to do those kind of things. And then, you know, I wrote an article for Essence. Do not put those cleansers inside your vagina. Now we're talking about burning the vagina off. When you start mm-hmm. using things that will change the acidity of the vagina, then you're setting yourself up for recurrent infections. And so if you do that consistently as a young woman, as early as 17, 18, throughout your life, you are preserving the integrity and the ecosystem of the vagina and just keeping her younger and happy. Wow. Okay, I have two follow-up questions. Yes. One, how long should the kegels be done for to be effective? Kegels are not easy exercise. So I always say do them between stoplights or if you're on your way to the bathroom, try to hold that pelvic floor muscle and just practice because after a while you get irritated with the fact that you're trying to contract and I'm sitting here contracting this muscle. 
And when you do, doing it right yeah, now, me too. yeah. And that's what you do when you think about it, do it. But I would say every day, try to contract that muscle and make sure you're so like a few, just a few times in a row. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's easy enough. Okay. Second follow up for the PRP of it all. At what age should one start doing it? Should it be more of like a preventative action or like once it needs it is when we should get it? And that's a wonderful question because I took this class with the godfather of the O-Shot and he has girls as young as 21. And I'm like, really? Now, as a more mature woman, I don't say older anymore, ladies, because, you know, I've been the Uh same age about seven years in a row. (laughs) And so... I think as we have used the queen, had babies or gain weight, lost weight, and you need to regain some elasticity and sensitivity to it, it's it's never too early. But I think just to have good sex at 21 may be a little bit too early. It can't hurt Mm -hmm. you. It's your own blood. So you can't harm the vagina by putting it in. But you can make her quite sensitive. And I will be honest, the first time I ever had an O shot, I would walk and go, woo. So you having spontaneous orgasms because that wow. area is so sensitive that if you squeeze yeah. those legs the wrong way, just with walking, you go, woo. Okay, so how far are we out for insurance covering such a thing? Insurance, we are so far away <laughs> from it. It's for, it's yeah. for women. So, you know, insurances aren't going <laughs> right. to cover that. Wow. Yeah, and that's a much larger conversation. This leads to this question, which actually a friend submitted, but I'm actually curious too. The fertility testing, at what age as women, now that it's starting to become more accessible Mm -hmm. and more talked about, really, I think. Yeah, we've gotten rid of the stigma around being infertile. So with that said, at what age should women really seek out that information? So let's define infertility, basically. If you have been trying to get pregnant for 12 consecutive months and you haven't gotten pregnant, that's the lady we say is infertile. Now, the, the age is, it depends. Let's say you got married at 21 and you're really, really trying to get pregnant and you haven't gotten pregnant in 12 months. We still work her up. You know, we do blood tests to make sure she's ovulating and producing estrogen and progesterone. We do other tests to make sure that the cavity is okay and that the fallopian tubes will spill the dye because that means the the tubes are patent. And we also check that because 40% of infertility can be the main. And so there's no age that you would say, now you would look at a 21 year old and go, oh my God, I don't know why you didn't get pregnant, but she could have had chlamydia when she was 18 and her fallopian tubes are blocked. So she still could be an infertility patient. What about if you're just seeking the the information to know, just to kind of understand your body. And let's say you haven't been trying to get pregnant, but you just like are curious if like what the likelihood is and and that sort of thing. So two points, insurance companies will not pay for curiosity. So you can't walk into your doctor's office. I just want to know, can I get pregnant? And they run all this testing it's covered. It's not, but we do say advanced maternal age and somebody changed it to geriatric maternity or something harsh like that. Yeah. But advanced maternal age (laughs) is 35. And so if a woman is 35 and she doesn't see getting pregnant anywhere in sight, I would recommend to her to consider egg freezing and start a little bit of investigation. 
especially if she's that girl who said, you know, I've had sex with seven men, never used any birth control and never got pregnant. We would kind of say, right. Okay. You've been having sex consistently. I would start to evaluate that patient to make sure her anti-malaria and hormone, even though they told us to stop doing that, is okay. Make sure her tubes are patent and even tell her to consider egg freezing so that if she meets Mr. Wright at 40, she's getting pregnant with a better quality of egg from age 35. Yeah. So around 35, definitely if you're 40 and you're not pregnant, haven't been trying, and you you, you need to get something checked at 40, by 40. So 35 to 40, okay. you need to start investigating. Ah. Did I did I step on toes, ladies? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. no, this is it. Yeah. It's no, just like it is. it's just so annoying because like when I hear these stories of like men who are like fucking 70 years old yeah. getting women pregnant, I just like get filled with so much rage. I'm like, that is so fucked up and unfair. Like you hit your most successful years, you hit your money making years in your mid 30s. Like you get to the point as a woman where you're like, I'm just starting to live my life for me in a way that feels good and supported. Now I have to fucking worry about being a geriatric bitch when some 70 year old man <laughs> just fucking impregnate someone. Let's so talk about let's, let's encourage women to really look into egg freezing though. And so let's say we are approaching 35, even if you're 30. I mean, that's your better quality egg the younger you are. Put some babies on, well, put some babies to be on ice. And so mm-hmm. freeze eggs. And let me give the ladies a tip. If you meet Mr. Wright at 37, please do not fertilize all your eggs with one man's sperm because at 39, you don't like him anymore. And you've given up all your good eggs and you fertilized all your eggs with his sperm. You got all of his kids and no more good eggs. <laughs> yeah, you got to split it up, right? There, that's exactly, that's, that's true. That's, that's the literal, Fertilize don't put some. all your eggs in one basket. That, that's, that's, <laughs> that's literally, literal. That's, that's, I'm going to start using that. That's true. Yeah. So if you, yeah, if you get 18 good eggs, fertilize three or four, mm-hmm. but leave the other 14 just in case. Because if you- All just, the women independent. Yes. <laughs> don't freeze all your eggs. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a new partner. Her name is Jenny Kane. You guys know her. You love her. Just beautiful, quintessential California cool vibe known for breezy basics that you won't take off. I feel like a lot of you guys can relate. I know I've talked to a lot of listeners about this. Done with fast fashion. We know too much. It's so gross. So at 35, for me, I just want to have a few nice investment pieces that I love that I wear over and over again. I went over to the site and purchased the Shearling Slide Sandal in natural in case anybody wants to match with me. There's a ton of other things. I All the sweaters caught my eye, probably going with that pretty soon. Cashmere, cotton, boucle, just beautiful, luxurious fabrics that pair perfectly for weekends or work days, layered or worn solo. I love a spring summer sweater personally, just like a little nighttime, throw it on, or maybe even morning. Jenny Kane believes that getting dressed should be the easiest part of your routine with polished basics that will never go out of style and make everyday moments a breeze. And honestly, that's the full vibe on the site. It's like just hero pieces that you throw on and look fabulous in. So why don't we give you a discount to check it out yourselves? 
Find your forever peace at JennyKane.com and get 15% off your first order when you use retrograde at checkout. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code retrograde. I'm very excited about this next partner because it's literally something that I have been using every day for the past year plus. We're talking about beekeepers naturals. As you know, they're disrupting the conventional medicine cabinet by creating nature-powered medicine that actually works. Our friends at Beekeepers Naturals use a very special potent natural ingredient called propolis. And if you haven't heard of it yet, it's time for you to hear what the buzz is all about. They made me say buzz. I'm so sorry. Bee propolis acts as the medicine of the beehive. It fights germs and protects the bees with over 300 beneficial vitamins and minerals. And guess what? It's just as beneficial to human beings as it is to our favorite pollinators. So take bee immune propolis throat spray as a daily ritual to support your immune system or spray it to soothe a scratchy or uncomfortable throat. So this is just to me like a medicine cabinet staple. Uh, As I said, my boyfriend and I, for the past year, this is just like part of our morning routine. We do a few sprays and just to kind of give the immune system a little boosty boost. Who doesn't love that? And guess what? You're getting this for free, guys. For a limited time, Beekeepers Naturals is offering our listeners an exclusive deal. They will ship you a free two-week supply of bee immune propolis throat spray. You just pay $5 for shipping. So to claim the deal, visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash retrograde. This deal is not available on their regular website, so be sure to go to B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash retrograde, and it's only good for March and April. You guys probably recognize Beekeepers Natural Spray. They're available nationwide in over 2,000 stores, including Target, Whole Foods, and Sprouts. So start prioritizing your immune health today. And if you don't love it, they will refund your $5. No questions asked. But I honestly, I think you're really going to love it. Yeah. Beekeepersnaturals.com slash retrograde. Get your free thing. Let's do this. I don't know what this means, so I'm going to ask it. What are your thoughts on reproductive immunology for IVF failure? What does that mean? Now, that's a specialized process that really happens with the fertility specialist. And this is the woman who has either tried to get pregnant and nothing has happened, or she's had multiple losses. And this is where they start checking to see if you have the immune system that is actually attacking you. Because think about it. Your child is 23 chromosomes mama, 23 chromosomes Mm -hmm. dad. And the body Mm -hmm. will sometimes recognize it as a foreign body and truly go in and attack that that fertilize that baby and cause recurrent pregnancy losses. Now, personally, as a general OBGYN, these are the people we say, okay, it's time to send you over to the fertility specialist because they're checking to see one, why can't you get pregnant or two, why can't Mm -hmm. you carry a pregnancy and how they actually do it becomes a little deeper than I know. Okay. So that's for a specialist for you to investigate. Okay. Wow. This is like, I feel like this is the first time in both of mine and Elizabeth's lives where, especially on the show, where we're really kind of talking about the pregnancy thing. And it's funny because we both are 35 Ooh. and we've never had, we've never, neither of us have ever felt any pressure or investigated or really gone deep on like IVF or any fertility thing at all. So all these things are just new terminology 
to both of us. But there's a lot of wonderful stuff now. Like I am pushing egg freezing. I don't egg freeze, so I'm not making any money out of it. No company has paid me to say egg freezing, but having personally been an infertility patient, like I married Mm -hmm. at 37 Mm -hmm. and two years, I needed to make sure it was going to work. Okay. So I waited Mm -hmm. two years and then we we started trying. (laughs) And so I think of maybe a year after, so now I'm 39 and then I get pregnant. And I'm all excited about it. And oh my God. And as the story goes, I had my pregnancy, my first pregnancy, and it was a pregnancy loss. And so mm-hmm. after the pregnancy loss, I'm thinking, okay, I'm real close to 40. Let me get this mammogram in. Let me do everything I need to do preventive health so I can get pregnant again to learn that I then had breast cancer. And so wow. breast cancer, six months of chemo, 33 cycles of radiation, and now I'm infertile, you know. So the chemo destroyed wow. all of the ovarian tissue because I'm like, oh my God, I'm having hot flashes. This chemo is horrible. I didn't get a period. I didn't get a period. I didn't get a period. And now here I am, the OBGYN getting everybody pregnant and I can't get pregnant. So Whoa. that's why I say to women, if you are 35 and you can afford this process or your insurance pays for it, just put some eggs and you don't see a future with a husband in the next year or two freeze your eggs because life will hand you some crazy hands and you'll find out you're infertile and there's nothing we can do about it. Dr. Jackie, so, thank you for sharing that all with, with all yeah. of us. We're so happy that you're here and healthy. Yeah. I mean, and don't make me keep going because then I got diagnosed four years again. I was trying to adopt. I get diagnosed again. They tell me I couldn't adopt until I'm five. I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna be 50 something. If you keep making me wait, and so yeah. I got diagnosed the second time and the, and, and, and rightfully so the adoption companies were like, no, we want to adopt out to a healthier family, blah, blah, blah. So I do push women, probably my own, you know, personal stories to say, if you can freeze eggs, put baby, put the eggs on ice. They don't have to be babies. They're lollipops until you fertilize them. So put some babies on ice because life will hand you some crazy hands. So where are you now in the in the process? Uh, babies or breast cancer? <laughs> Both. Well, I am 12 years out. So oh, I am officially in remission. But, you know, as a breast cancer warrior, and I like to call us warriors and not just survivors, you're mm-hmm. never really just 100% safe. And then mm-hmm. as far as adoption, I've, I've closed it. I'm good. I'm a great, I'm a good auntie. I've got foster kids that we've helped. So I'm good. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And you're bringing so much life into this world for other yes. people. Yes. Which is That's so amazing. Yeah. So Thanks. I've been able to put closure on the fact that, you know, nothing just happens. It gives me an opportunity to be a wonderful aunt and mentor a bunch of from babies. You know, Ebony, my my uh, assistant, my, my life coach, my manager, my everything little girl looks up to me almost like an aunt and I have four nieces. So I get to be a wonderful mom and I don't need to have to stay up at night and spend a lot of money. Yeah. You, you get to buy nice bags and shoes and clothes and skincare and not and that, uh, spend on a dirty child. That we got to see <laughs> yeah. on the That's exactly right. <laughs> I get to do but, me. I like what you're saying though, too, because I think that, you know, also speaking to, you know, getting to a certain age and realizing that 
you've spent, you know, your quote unquote fertile years, either working on your career or in a relationship that you uh, are no longer in or whatever. And you might've had this idea of the way that your life was supposed to turn out. And when you go to have the fertility conversation and it's not what you want it to be, or you can't get pregnant and all these things, there is something really important about what you're saying about letting go of kind of how you thought things were going to look mm-hmm. versus how they actually are and really coming into acceptance and peace and gratitude for the way it turned out instead of being in that detached state of wishing it could have been a different type of way. Absolutely. Because you, you know, women are so, we have an ideal mind of what life should be like, you know, I should grow up, right. play with the Barbie dolls, marry this rich man you know, have two kids, a picket fence and a truck and a car and have that. Yeah. <laughs> when it doesn't happen. We're really just shut down. And a lot of women just mm-hmm. stop. And I, I refuse to do it. I'm like, there's something better I have to offer. And if it's not being a mom, I can be this and I can be that. And, yeah. and I get to speak to thousands of women about using my life as a teaching tool. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's what not to do, you know, and sometimes it's do this, do this. I tried it. It works. You know, it's funny, like I to what you're saying about like the planning, I have never known how I felt about kids. I've always sort of felt like if it's will happen, it's supposed to happen. But in turning 36 in a month, now I feel like, oh, I have to figure this out. And it's been really interesting, like suddenly to almost like a a switch went off. There's like a different weight to it in a way that I've never experienced. And I'm trying to like really relax into it and have it not weigh so heavy and just kind of like trust that whatever's supposed to happen will. But it's certainly a different feeling, I think, once you get over 35. And it's, it's. Yeah. So we'll But technology, technology has allowed you to plan for that, though. And that Mm -hmm. you can say, well, I'm going to put some eggs on ice so that if by 37, I haven't had any babies and we want to have babies, you can still try. But let's say we get to 40 because a lot of the fertility clinics after 40 will will not uh, stimulate your ovaries. So you don't want to lose that window of opportunity by saying I'm going to wait until 40. It's a really, really good point. All right, guys, we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about a partner that I'm stoked that we have on the show. We are talking about Upstart. Upstart is a fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt all online. Speaking from experience, there is nothing more stressful than knowing that you have a debt looming over your head. It feels like you're underneath something. It feels like it's impossible to get out of and you deserve to get out of that debt. You deserve to find financial freedom and you deserve to not have to live in the choices of your early and mid 20s well into your 30s. So enter Upstart, um, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt or funding personal expenses. Over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. This is so cool because it trusts you to do the work that you neglected to do at, a, at an earlier time in your life before you understood how all of these things worked. Upstart finds smarter rates with trusted partners because they assess more than just your credit score. I've always found it so sad that your credit score is this limiting thing. When when I got myself into bad debt, I didn't even know how what credit really was. So this is just an awesome way to evolve your financial experience. You can get approved the same day and you can receive funds as fast as one business day. If debt is taking over your life, it's time to get a fresh start with Upstart. 
listen, a lot of people had to spend money they didn't have during the pandemic and had to use credit cards they may have not used before. And it is very overwhelming. So Upstart is just an amazing way to face it and finally pay it off and just get your life started in a in a happy, positive financial way. So go to upstart.com slash retrograde and find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today. Upstart.com slash retrograde. Let them know we sent you. Yeah, I'm excited. Upstart.com slash retrograde. Okay, guys, we are here today talking about Array. Array is a wonderful supplement brand that was created to help women feel the best they can to be their best through targeted products, which are 100% natural, filler-free, organic, and formulated by naturopathic doctors. Yes, I love that. I love a supplement company that has a naturopathic doctor on hand. Of course you should. Array's products work in under an hour, so you feel the results. They can solve all the annoying problems that we talk to our girlfriends about, specifically bloat and anxiety. It's crazy, though, because bloat and anxiety are on a loop because being anxious sends your body into fight or flight, causing your digestion to slow down, causing your stomach to bloat, the cortisol spikes. And then also when you have digestive discomfort and your stomach's really bloated, it gives you anxiety. I experience this loop often. So I'm very excited to experience Array's line. The bloat capsules offer opportunity to optimize your digestion with the use of five herbs and fruit-based digestive enzyme. And it's laxative-free, so you won't be just like running to the bathroom. The Calm capsules are a blend of four ingredients, which relax the body and mind without making you drowsy. So it's good to start the day if you have jittery energy or before bed to calm down. We love a multi-hyphenate Calm product. Also, we have to shout out the packaging. They look great. It's so nice to have supplements that you can feel can be on your cabinets and someone won't walk into your house and think that you're hoarding a naturopathic pharmacy. Go to ARRAE.com. Use code TSR at checkout. ARRAE.com for 10% off. Check out the bloat and the calm capsules. I'm excited to hear what you guys think. Okay, back to the show. With the COVID of it all, those of us living with a partner may be experiencing this or maybe not even living with a partner, but the lack of sex drive. Ooh, decreased libido. Decreased libido. What do we do? Now, the crazy thing about that is it could be threefold. It could be a mental shutdown where yeah. you grew up in a very strict household or a religious household and you weren't even allowed to think about sex and talk about sex. And now here you are in this place about with sex and you're like, okay, I feel like it's dirty or I feel like sex because sex has two purposes, ladies, procreation and recreation. Mm-hmm. And so if you are so shut down about the mental part of sex, you're not going to have that drive. And the other mm-hmm. part is I wish we could talk to men and find, tell men, you know, it would turn me on if you did blah, blah, blah. I've worked all day. I've taken care of the kids. You didn't say two words to me all day. You didn't call, didn't check on, no flowers, no nothing. And then we get in bed and now it's time to turn it on. And as women, we don't just turn on like that. Men are visual. And they see it mm-hmm. and they're ready. You got to get inside our heads before you get inside of our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so the mind part of it, but other things you want to look into, you know, women who are uncomfortable with their body image will have decreased libido. If they have hormones that are thrown off for whatever reason, believe it or not, taking a birth control pill will bind up the sex hormone binding globulin and, and you're not as 
sensual as you should be with that. If you take that certain, happened to me when I took pill, the pill. Yeah, and when you got off the pills, you notice a total difference in it. And then if mm-hmm. you are taking certain medications, hypertensive meds, you're diabetic, and there's decreased blood flow going to it. If you've been traumatized in your past, so decreased libido, you need to really have it worked up. It's part discussion, but it's also part examination. And so the doctor needs to work it up and see if it's going on. I tell everybody, though, we've been in a pandemic. We all need somebody to talk to on a couch. Everybody needs a therapist to kind of process mm-hmm. what's going on, because sometimes it really is mental, but the mental can become, you know, like spiral into something else. I also think that when it comes to sex stuff, you know, it's very easy to like write it off. Like, I think that we don't treat sex like it's, it's important. Uh, right. We yeah. don't treat it like it's just one of our natural needs and inclinations. Like there is so much weird mental shit around it from culture and religion, yeah. like America being puritanical and all the shit yeah. that it's easy for someone who doesn't have, a, you know, their sex drive at the peak to just kind of be like, well, whatever, I'm not, I'm not into sex right now. But the reality is like, you're actually not nourishing a part of you that is really important to the, like, the totality of your health. Yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. And so I think to go to, through the process of examining why is so important because it's, it is an act of self-love to acknowledge that sex is important to you. And you should, you should not be embarrassed because you have a sex drive. And that's where a lot right. of women get caught up in like, I have patients go, I, I, I do, of course, bioidentical hormone pellets in my Medispa. And so we give mm-hmm. out testosterone in small doses for women. And this one lady came to me saying, can you take out my pellets? And I'm like, why? She said, I am so, and she's looking around the room that she doesn't want to talk about. She said, I'm so horny that I, I want to ask my husband for sex. I'm like, what? You know, oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> she said, I'm so embarrassed. She wanted the pellets taken out. Right. And so I did a quiz at the at the top of the Queen Bee and had women to take a test to see what were their sexual personalities. And it really is mm-hmm. about how you respond to feminine and sexual health. And there is this personality type that we call the Virgin Mary or sanctified snatch. There were two different women. Mm-hmm. And those are, huh. yes, and those are the <laughs> girls who, re- they will not say the word vagina out loud. Mm-hmm. They don't say the word sex in the room. And they certainly aren't going to hit on their boyfriends or their husbands for sex. And so you're right. exactly right. We've been made to feel like sex is for the man mm-hmm. and that we can't have a good time having sex now, we do have the girls who I call the notorious VAG, Mile High Club in LA. Look at her. She's like, that's me. <laughs> no, I'm literally hornier than everyone I've ever dated. It's always the biggest thing in anyone I've ever dated. And I'm we hate like, you I'm ready sometimes with the girls like that who just, I'm always ready. <laughs> I'm always ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, why do you think you're like that, though? Uh, I don't know. I've been told in my astrological chart that it's extremely sexual. So uh-huh. I think it's just something with the uh, the stars. The stars aligned and made me a horny bitch. <laughs> I don't know. But, but and then there, because when I got married, though, I really think I was a sanctified snatch. Like my mom always said, don't talk about it. You know, right. and she was thinking all men cheat. And, you know, that's dirty. And so I came into marriage like, OK, here, I, you know, OK, do me. And then, yeah. and then one day, <laughs> I, and one day I woke up like, wait a minute, okay. I started holding up cards like that was a five, okay. Dead. You know, like okay, now that was a ten, 
And so <laughs> we want, and again, I go back to saying, I want women to be free. Cause when you wake up and you become you, you're like, oh mm-hmm. my God, I've missed out on 10 years of good sex. Right. And you're so frustrated because you're like, now my vagina's getting more mature like the rest of my body and she's not having as much fun. And my juicy mm-hmm. Lucy ain't as juicy as it used to be. And now I got too much Lucy. You know, I <laughs> <laughs> But that's so what you the really many spies for. That's exactly right. That's exactly Get that right. up there. What brought on the decision for you to to move into the reality TV realm? Like, were there like, was there like a pros and cons lesson? Was there a lot of weighing? Because obviously we've seen it, you know, it really have some massive effects on people, uh, good and bad. So oddly, we talk about good and bad. Dr. Simone and I were friends from the day I saw her at the hospital. She was a newer doc. I picked her out like, hey, we're going to be friends. Come here. And so she was approached by Mariah, whose idea was to go to this company and say, I want to make a show about doctors' wives. But they knew that would be boring. So they included doctors. And I'm making that part up. But Simone said, I'm casting Uh for this show. I need you to come and go with me. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm not doing that. She's like, girl, come on, cast for the show. And I met with a couple of the other girls. And they're like, it really is about doctors. And you can be a mentor, Dr. Jackie. So I'm like, oh, I can do that. And so I casted for the show. I got a call back like, hey, you've been chosen for the show. But I'm like, I was just kidding. I don't I really don't want to do that because we saw reality TV as uh, what were the people in the house? And they just fought all the time. Like Big Brother. The real world. Yes. Yes. All of that. That's what yeah. we I saw as reality TV. You had to fight and argue. Well, little did I know you do. So I I went to the very first scene of the show and everybody's fighting and arguing and just belittling each other. So I went out to the garage to call the producer to say, I quit. And so he's like, "Uh, no, come back for a couple of more scenes and this will get better. Well, then I kept, nope, I quit. And so they finally said, "You you did you read your contract? So you don't just sign a contract and walk off like that. Now, here we are eight years later, and I truly enjoyed the platform that it has given me because, again, I've used everything in my life as a teaching to breast cancer, infertility, infidelity, you know, breakups, the makeups, everything that I've gone through. I've tried to use it to tell other women you can do this, too, or don't do mm. this. And so I, I started the show and year one, I'm thinking they won't bring us back. So, OK. And then year two. And then by that time, I'm like, OK. This is a part of who I am. And so here we are eight years later. Wow. Steph was on a reality show. And I used to have a boss who was, had a reality show. So I was at, uh, like in the background often. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be careful <laughs> so because reality, yeah, reality TV can take you to places. You have to remember not to allow it to consume who you yeah. are. And you have to stay true to yourself. Like, I've never allowed the show to make me that girl. I'm not going to cuss you out with words. My face might, but I typically don't use my words. <clears throat> and I'm not, I'm just, I've just remained who I am. Now, I laugh at things that I might not have laughed at in, in the past and stuff that they say may be a little funny and learning to give girls a good read back because you got to defend yourself has become a part of being on the show. But just stay true to who you are. Do you watch the show? I do watch the show because here's the part of reality TV that most people don't know. 
you you are truly filming a real occurrence in life. Yeah. Whether you're having a party. Sometimes the parties, we include everybody in the party, but you're going to have a party. But when they cut it up to get seven minutes from that scene, you don't know what's there. And so you do have to watch the show so you can say, I, did I say that? Or I didn't really mean it like that. And so mm-hmm. I do watch it. I certainly watch the show because I want to know what's being put out there yeah, so that right. I can do either damage control or I can feel like, okay, well, let's talk about infertility more this week because it's airing on the show. This was so amazing. Dr. So Jackie. fun. Oh, yes. my God. You're on our network. We're so thrilled to have you. We're always here for you. If you have any podcasting mm-hmm. questions, yes. give us a call. And um, the podcast is Dr. Jackie's Point of V. Yep. And anything sex, intimacy, and down there healthcare. And I would love to say in six years, I'm going to look back like you ladies and say, you've been at it for 12. I've been at it for six. Hell yeah. I see that. Yeah. I see that. You girls are some cool girls. I I, I love this one right here. She just calls her right out. (laughs) (laughs) That's my thing. (laughs) It was such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And you ladies stay safe. Thank you. You you too. Keep watching Married to Medicine on Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern time. We will. I'm going to take this vagina for a walk now. (laughs) Yeah, take (laughs) your vagina out. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.